Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Everybody, hello. hello! Welcome to the intro. Listen, I'm up here to tell you that when the curtain <laughs> comes up momentarily, what will flow into your ears is a radiant beam of pod, <laughs> and it's our it's our very first digital live taping. We taped this episode live with 500 of you yes. hanging out on Zoom. So cool! Uh, so. The energy will go up from here, if you can believe it. <laughs> I play some live jingles to varying degrees of success. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and you'll you'll also hear us uh, chatting with, with the audience here and there and uh, responding to listener comments as we go, which is very fun. <laughs> it is. It's not usually a part of the pod. Right. There's a small silver lining in not being able to gather physically with you in large spaces, which is that, like, if you're all sitting in a room together, it's very hard to address the comments. <laughs> in a controlled <laughs> digital environment, uh, we were able to have a little bit of chatting. And I think that, like, on future live digital events, we'll be able to do that even more as we grease the proverbial digital event wheels over here in Buffering the Vampire Slayer. Uh... <laughs> Okay. I said it, and I know that you want to jump right from greasing wheels to the Sexual Tension Award winners, but I want to say a couple more things before we get there, Jenny. Um, first of all, the all of the ticket sales from this event that you're about to listen to, uh, they all because we taped this a while ago. We taped this all the way back in June. And so all of the ticket sales at that time went to support a couple of the anti-racist initiatives that we've started here at Buffering, which you've heard about if you've been listening to the last few episodes. The ticket proceeds went to support our work with Mackenzie McDade, who has facilitated, as of this taping, one of two reading and discussion groups. Uh, we're talking about Ijeoma Alua's So You Want to Talk About Race uh, with, a, with a pretty large group of you. We've got about 300 of you signed up for that. So that was an amazing thing that some of the profits from this went to support that work. And then also uh, a large portion of the profits went to uh, the creation of the episode that we did with Ira Madison, Alana Bennett, and Latoya Ferguson, where they did a deep dive into race in the Buffy and Angelverse. So that's all pretty fucking awesome. And also, to be fully transparent, uh, Jenny and I, know you and I have talked about this before, but we taped this in June, and even from June to the end of July, the work that we've done, some of the reading we've done, and especially listening to the episode uh, with Ira, Latoya, and Alana, I think we would have spent a bit more time, or at least touched upon the fact that Dante, a character you'll hear us talk about because Dante is one of the like lead generals of the knights here in the battle. We, we refer to it as the Battle of Chevron, uh, the battle that happens at the gas station. Um, and we didn't talk about Dante being a black man, um, being played by a black actor. And I think that in that episode with Latoya and Alana and Ira, they touched on the fact that so many POC characters in the Buffyverse uh, are there to sort of check a box. Um, and we didn't say that in this taping. Um, 
Um, and I think, you know, that's just sort of a testament to the fact that the work is going to be ongoing uh, and that we're going to be bringing more things into the fold. So we're saying it up here uh, and wish we had been able to say it in there. And if you somehow have not listened to that episode uh, with Latoya, Alana and Ira, oh, my gosh, please do. It is just full of such, such important conversation uh, and also uh, a million fucking jokes. It is a great time. All and all. Uh, anyhow, Jenny, now you may get to the greasing of wheels oh. and other uh, items. May I? Well, then. Fantastic. The results are in. The votes have been tallied. Uh, and here's what we can tell you about last episode's Sexual Tension Awards. We have in fourth place... Uh, and 12% of the vote, we've got Glory and Mimosas with a <laughs> criminal 15% of the vote in third place. Disgusting. We have Anya and Willow. How <laughs> could you? Although I guess Anya is really looking her worst in this episode in terms of xenophobia. So I guess mm-hmm. I'll, I can accept it. But mm-hmm. the fact that you could have... it, Well, okay. And then here we go. At the wow. top of the pile, we've got a very close... Close neck, almost neck and neck finishing, right? We've got hard campaigner Kristen Russo (laughs) and Giles coming in at second place with 36% of the vote. And Glory and Willow coming in first place with 37% of the vote. Congratulations to Glory and Willow with this sweeping victory. A sweeping Uh, is an overstatement. I want you to know as no fear t-shirts once told me in uh, junior high second place is the first loser (laughs) also I'll point out that at one point in time our age difference was that I was 36 and you were 37 and I was definitely younger than you so Um, they're definitely different numbers just a fantastic monologue Uh, Jennifer Owen Youngs thank you so much for your support Uh, (laughs) I just want to let everybody know that I I did sway the vote so fine I did right I campaigned for myself and you know Glory and Willow to our knowledge don't have a Twitter so they couldn't give campaign for themselves. But um, I do want to say that I was only, I did the math, the hell math, if you will. Uh, There were Mm. 876 of you who voted, which means that 315 of you voted for me and Giles and 324 of you voted for Gloria and Willow. So it was just a difference of nine people, Jenny. I was so close. You were so close and uh, our hearts go out to you (laughs) uh, today upon the the uh, revelation of this this uh, terrible loss. All right, all right, uh, all right. So sorry. Congratulations, Gloria and Willow. The day that I learn how to rip a dress off of my body while a <laughs> powerful witch is coming at me with lightning bolts, I do. I too will win an award. Um, you know that we've been doing some spotlighting up here in the intro as well. Uh, last week we talked about uh, Métis in Space, brilliant podcast uh, that we're hoping that you checked out. And this week I actually am spotlighting a video that came up in the reading and discussion group with uh, Mac. So we're building out a library on our website. You can find it at bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash anti-racist 
hyphen library. It's also in the top bar. You can link there and we tweet about it often. So uh, there's a there's a little building of the resources that Mackenzie is bringing our way and the work that we're doing with her. And one of the things that she brought to our attention last week was this video that is um, Yaba Blay, Tarana Burke, Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach in conversation. And I'm not even going to tell you too much about it because you just need to go all four of them on their Instagram when they posted the video that all four captions were just watch it watch this, watch this. And I agree so wholeheartedly. Uh, A small snippet of what you can expect is that um, Abby and Glennon passed the mic, so to speak, um, in their Instagram spaces to Yaba, um, who is a black woman. And she saw an influx of white listeners into her Instagram, into her space. uh, And some very unfortunate things happened leading to this conversation where we have four people in conversation about some of the harms that happened, some of the ways they want to correct that. Uh, and it's just, it's very powerful uh, from all angles. So I would highly encourage, and if you don't know um, any of those four humans, you should check them out because they're all doing various forms of brilliant work. So that is the spotlight this week. Again, you can find it uh, in Max Corner on the uh, Anti-Racist Library page. And um, hey, Jenny, we have some events coming up, don't we? We sure do. <clears throat> and they are uh, on... Saturday, August 8th, Kristen and I will be engaging <laughs> in a live watch of an episode of Angel with the Angel on Top Patreon patron supporter people. If you are a supporter of the Angel on Top Patreon, we will be doing a live watch with you. Of, you um, you should us. tell them that it's of the episode of Angel called Five by Five. Wonder who's in it. Cool. I wonder who could be in that episode. Who hmm. could be? <laughs> Uh, and also, as if that were not enough of upcoming events, we're also on Saturday, August 15th, going to be doing a buffering Zoom hang for buffering patrons at the $10 level. So we're freaking all over the place this month. We're oh, here. We can't, we're we can't get off the internet. We just can't. We can't get uh, off the internet. Okay. So uh, also, last thing I'll tell you about our Patreon space is that uh, I am back this week with Joanna Robinson on Feels Like the First Time, our Patreon podcast. We are going to be tackling, Jenny, the Terminator series. Uh, we'll be watching three of the Terminator movies. Uh, and if you don't know what that's all about, I watch movies that I have never seen before. This is a little bit bendy because I, I do believe I've seen Terminator 2, but I have no idea what it's about except for biceps. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> so, yeah, you can hop on over there for that, too. And um, we've been reading emails up in the intro, too. So, Jenny, I have a short email for you today uh, coming in from Sherry, uh, who gave us a little insight into that odd number conversation that we had uh, in last week's episode. So Sherry wrote uh-huh. in and said, yes, hello, I'm of Southeast Asian, East Indian origin, and my mother told Told me that odd numbers are lucky slash important because they are quote incomplete and therefore <laughs> uh, yeah and therefore life slash the event is not complete or finished life continues and there is more to come and then Sherry continued very similar to the coffee bean explanation given by you <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> Amazing. Incredible. Thank you for agreeing with me and also for this this uh, wonderful information. Yeah. So thank you, Sherry. And you can email us with your thoughts and feelings at bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com. And now we're going to shut up so that we can start Yay. talking again. But this time Hooray. about an episode of Buffy. <laughs> we. 
welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one. Spoiler free, I am your host, Jenny Owen Young. Oh, that was very sweet. I thought you were going to say panelist instead of host. (laughs) Uh, And I am your Kristen Russo. This week, we are talking about Season 5, Episode 20, Spiral. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every other week, sometimes every week, who knows what time is anymore, for an original song written by Jenny Owen Youngs, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. Spiral was written by Stephen S. DeKnight and directed by James A. Contner. It originally aired on May 8th in the year 2001. Ah, what a year. This is the one, according to IMDb, where realizing they may never be able to vanquish glory, Buffy and the gang decide to flee to Sunnydale, flee Sunnydale, not to Sunnydale, in Spike's RV, which I call a Winnebago. Do you know the difference between Mm. an RV and a Winnebago? I think a Winnebago is a brand and an RV Uh, is a type. It's like like the Kleenex of Kleenex. Mm -hmm, Got you. I I think so. Anyhow, they decide to flee Sunnydale in Spike's RV to protect Dawn. Um, It's the one with the Winnebago. (laughs) And the Crusade. It's the one with the Knights. Can I start us off with an email that came through like moments before we went live, Jenny? By all means. Um, Okay, so our listener, Ruth, who I believe is watching right now from the UK, wrote a limerick. You know how we love a limerick. We'll have to make sure to pass this along to Kate. Uh, (laughs) And the limerick uh, about this episode goes, The Byzantium Order of Knights have inserted themselves in this fight, but why are they here in their medieval gear? They just don't make sense, am I right? (laughs) Ruth! Hell yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Um, uh, thank you. Right? Bravo, Ruth. Just right under the wire, too. Got right on in there. So, um, yeah. Wow. Here we are. Uh, there's only two episodes after this one, and shit is getting fucking bananas, huh? It's getting bananas. <laughs> Let me ask you something, Kristen. You know, th- picture this. You're a hell god. Okay. You look great. Got it. You have a lot of, like, might, but you never know when you're going to transform into a mm-hmm. human male and, like, cease to be active. Right. Right. Would you be wasting time ripping walls off of buildings and, like, busting through walls? It's got to take more time and energy to bust a hole through a wall than to go, like, two feet over and go through the doorway. Am I right? You- Am I you are correct, um, Jenny, and I have a very similar note about a few of the choices that are made in the beginning scene, right? So, whatever. First Dude, of all, the previous... We- <laughs> yes? Sorry? Would you like to continue? There's just... The next... Po- no, no, no. You'll, you'll get there. <laughs> I'm sure your next note is this thing. Oh, yeah. I think it is, too. Um, the previously on, we skipped it. <laughs> the previous line is basically like one sentence from every episode. Dawn is the key. Glory is the god. Dawn knows she's the key. Uh, and, and on and on. We come back in, and Glory, notably, and I'm sure that when we record our episode on Tough Love, we're going to talk about the fact that Glory, who has been notably in red this whole time, has suddenly decided to cover up some red with some pink. Just like go- fucking going for for that color combo. Sure. Uh, and sure. like you said, when I, I was texting with Jenny about this episode and I was like, 
this episode is bizarre to me because it's like, it's a really brilliant episode. It's great. Very important stuff happens in this episode. But also there are a handful of times, maybe more than a handful, where I feel like I'm watching a home movie I made. Like somebody was like, Kristen, make an episode of Buffy (laughs) the Vampire Slayer. And I'm like, okay, I got it. (laughs) So this um, sort of chase is one of them because Buffy, so First of all, Buffy picks Dawn up. I'm going to get to... Dude, I'm... Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I was just going to say, she when she leaves the room, they don't get up and leave together. She picks Dawn up and throws her body through the door behind her. Like, literally, just like, crashes through the door. You could have just opened the door. It didn't... It definitely does not save time to throw yourself through the door. Then, what you were talking about, Jenny, right? Claire Kramer. Claire Kramer. They run. Claire Kramer. They run. They run. <laughs> They run about 20 yards, and then Dawn, in true Bella Swan fashion, just hits the deck and is like, I can't. I'm too clumsy to run or something. So Buffy's like, okay, sister, who's a foot taller than me, I'll just pick you up and run with you, and somehow this is a better solution. What? And then, like, if somebody could make me, like, a supercut of just all I want is the snake. It's a great big snake uh, being punched, the rubber snake. And, and I want it to go back and forth between that and the and the Dawn dummy that uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar Dude. is with. <laughs> wow, I didn't even see a dummy. It's I got to so go back. There's definitely a few clips with the dummy. Okay. Ooh, oh, sorry. Um. But yeah, there's okay. just some choices, some choices in this episode. Um, but Willow, let's take a minute for Willow, right? Because I know that we will have talked about this in Tough Love, but Willow's power at this point is strong enough for her to seriously impede a hell god. Um, yeah, this sh- is heavy. Right? We have gotten, I think this episode is the third uh, in the series where we get the like full black eyes of Willow as she's casting magic. Do you think that she's gotten any stronger by virtue of now dressing like she just got back from Lowe's? She's wearing a like sort of like bestudded Western style flannel shirt over a green turtleneck and some like camel cords. Wow. Have you ever in your life like where's... Her tool belt. She looks awesome. <laughs> well, later she in the episode, uh, Spike does, in fact, compare her to a Swiss army knife. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so Glory, right, Glory busts through the wall. The campus kids are having a fucking blast, man. They're like, just another <laughs> day at Sunnydale campus. Like, first this girl carries this other girl. Then this uh, then this lady just kind of like hologram runs, like disappearing, half appearing, like... I've never seen Glory do that before. Uh, and then um, she gets hit by a truck. And looks great doing <laughs> she it. She does. She really does. And this is what I'm talking about. Like, w- I'm wondering if there's a correlation mm-hmm. between how strong or good Glory is feeling to, like, when Ben takes over her, like, their shared form. Are right? you because saying... as soon as she... The, the, I is there like a? Is, connect- there's just something like a, about them. I feel like they seem like, like sometimes they're. Are they roommates? I don't know. They were they, roommates. Maybe they're roommates. They have like they really. They definitely shop in the same places. They they wear a lot of similar clothes. So um. yeah, as soon as she hits that windshield, man, she's like, oh no, not now, you idiot! And then uh, Ben 
is there all of a sudden. Uh, one thing I'm wondering since she calls him you idiot is, does she know what Ben looks like? Does she know anything about him? Well, you know, this is something I was wondering this episode. You know, Jenny, so I asked Jenny before we did this uh, Zoom taping if she felt comfortable um, inserting some of the jingles uh, live in real time. And so I just feel like I'm struggling to understand what you're saying. Like, you're saying that there was a Glory, Glory got hit by a truck, and then you're saying there was a Ben. And so I just wonder... So, (laughs) what I'm saying... What I'm saying, hmm, there's no way for me to tilt this down, but I told Kristen I found a way to play this jingle live, but I have to set up two things and run and bump up the tempo. Super, super streamlined. Yeah, and then I got to move this up my computer keyboard so I can play. (laughs) Oh my God, Jenny. Yeah, and then it's like, Ben is, hmm. Ben is glory, glory is Ben, Ben is glory, and glory is Ben. In case you forget, I'll say it again. Ben is glory, and glory is Ben. Oh, wow. The the beat really was ready to drop right there. Can you make, like, an extended version? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the club mix, of course. Yeah, I would really like a club mix. Um, Yeah, no problem. And then... Whew, the credits. The credits happen and we come back and Dawn's like, you know, Glory does have nice feet. She's <laughs> she's explaining. Dude. Yeah. This, we didn't include it in the sexual tension awards, but does Dawn have a crush on Glory? <laughs> it's true. It's not one of the nominees. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that what it is with Dawn and Glory is that, uh, you know, Dawn is, looks, looks up to Buffy as much as, you know, she's like, oh, you're my big sister and screw you. You know, as, as any little sister will probably attest to, usually there's a bit of like, you look up to them, you know, when you were really little, they were not so little and they seemed cooler and whatever. And I think that Dawn sees Buffy's like, kinship and feeling threatened by glory and so there's like a little bit of that happening i think that like obviously she hates glory glory's like out to who knows what with her put her in a door and and turn her around um i don't know how the key is activated i haven't gotten the instructions yet i don't know exactly what the process is but i think it's it's more of that but dawn is really sweet she's like really trying to talk buffy up she's very much in camp like we've all been through a lot and we just lost our mom and, you know, Buffy needs a a bit of a lift. And this is not the last time in the episode that she's going to try to pick her big sister up, (laughs) which is funny because her big sister just carried her and ran with her. Anyway, while they're getting this information and then it's sort of like coming to the fore that they're like, we need another plan. Like it, I don't know why that truck slowed her down so much, but it shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. And like, we really need to like, every time I come up against this hell God, I'm toast. And Anya has a great idea. (laughs) Anya's Anya's been studying. (laughs) Why don't we drop a piano on her? Mm, That's a pretty, pretty good idea. I just, Uh, if anyone could give me Anya's syllabus for like American studies, you know, like she is like, okay, Looney Tunes. Like, I don't, I don't know what she watches that later cues her to the fact that little kids when they're on long trips say, are we there yet? Like a commercial, did she watch a bunch of commercials? Like, where is she pulling that from? 
But yeah, uh, Anya is really here for comic relief in this episode. She's just like knocking the jokes right out of the park one after another and keeping us... Loving to see that she's like watching Looney Tunes like a horror program (laughs) where there's a bunny who's like (laughs) the central figure of a lot of narratives and... It is really hard for her. Oh, no, that went right over my um, head. How did it? I was like, why did she call the bunny evil? Like, what am I doing? I I don't know where I was, but thank you for clarifying, Jenny. <laughs> sure, sure. Giles is like, yeah, perhaps we should paint a tunnel on the side of a building. <laughs> <laughs> and then Buffy says, okay, we've got to run. She's like, nobody goes home and nobody tells anybody that we're leaving as if any of these people have, no have friends out of outside of this room i know i literally went down the list and was like so maybe willow's mom maybe <laughs> maybe yeah. after like maybe weeks she dawn's friend from the bathroom oh that's true that's true or what's her boyfriend's name mark that guy steve chad mm. jake <laughs> jeff Anyway, Did you already say Mike. Okay, there's some there's some great like big bad references. Real quick in succession, we get um, a rocket launcher reference, which is referencing the judge, and then right after that, we get a uranium core reference, which is of course referencing our favorite villain of all time, Adam. Um, oh, be still my heart, Adam. <laughs> Put that floppy disk in me. You know what I mean? Oh. I don't like. I'm like not uh. looking at the chat except for when I know I made everybody upset, and then I like to watch yeah, the horror. Unsubscribe. Subscribe. Um, so, okay. So the seriousness of this, though, is that Buffy is, her plan is she they need to run away. And that is like, you know, and it'll come up later. We'll talk about it later. But that is pretty massive um, for her because she, I mean, her entire character is, is designed around not running away. Um, but she knows that they can't beat glory and she knows that glory is just gonna pick one by one through them until she gets what she's after which is dawn so would you like to meet a girl minion i would her name is gronks (laughs) yeah and you know what gronks likes worshiping glory uh you know genuflecting uh making herself prostrate and Ben's general look. Yeah, she's, she's like, I like Ben in a dress. It. I like Ben in scrubs. I like Ben in nothing. I like Ben. Ben Dude, is handsome. Speaking of Ben in a dress, mm. before we talk about the content of this exchange, can we just like deal with how this sweater is just like hanging off of his broad shoulders and like draping and sweeping? <laughs> Do you know what my favorite part of Gronks is? Gronks? Gronks? Uh, what? What? She calls what has happened to Glory's dress a sartorial tragedy, which is <laughs> stunning, stunning. I, like, if I have a band, I'm going to call it sartorial tragedy. I wish I What had, is the word sartorial? It what is, is it I looked it to? up. It is related to sewing, mending, stitching. Uh, so it is a, a clothing-related, a sewing-related tragedy. I used to have this pair of jeans in the 90s, which would be so cool again. Um, and they were more whole than jean, you know? Like, there, there was just a teeny bit of denim sc- scattered about my body. And mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I had to go to church every Sunday with my 
parents. And so, you know, you can imagine it's the 90s. I'm a teen. I have to go to church. What am I going to fucking wear? I'm going to wear the fucking holy jeans, make jokes about how they're holy. But I just wish so badly that when my mom had been like, are you going to wear those jeans? I would I could have been like, I know they're a sartorial tragedy, mom. But yeah, I'm wearing these fucking jeans. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're getting a lot of backstory. It's basically like this episode exists for many reasons. And one of them is to kind of fill in a lot of the holes that we have not yet filled in. Add up the amount of time that Charlie Weber spends staring off into the middle distance, <laughs> saying stuff that we like have suspected but don't totally 100% know yet. Mm-hmm. And what asking like existential, like, right. do I even exist? <laughs> is this body even mine? What's uh, incredible is that like all the answers we get have really just left me with more questions. I'm going to be real with you. Like, I have a lot, I've yeah. left with more Yo. questions than I. They have this whole conversation where Gronks is like, could you do it? Could you kill the key to like whatever? And it's like the key is energy. If they kill if they kill Dawn, then what? Why would that mean that the energy ceases to exist? Also, I'm sorry, but I'm still I'm still stuck on the fucking monks. They had this fucking key. The key, when you fucking turn the thing, when you activate it, it just puts the whole universe, all of the universes into darkness. Complete chaos. It's just this dinky little key that they can destroy but they're like no no (laughs) i got one better let's make it an innocent girl and and then and then the only way to destroy it is to also kill a human like why didn't they just destroy the i know that they say like they wanted to use it for the forces of light what forces what forces i'm confused it is confusing and we'll get to more because i have a lot i have a lot of other questions um but um i have one very serious question Do you want, for later. Okay, you want to save it? Okay. No, no, no. It'll, it'll come. Sorry, um, sorry, 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 sorry. Ben's like yammering on about like he became a doctor because he wants to be close to the human experience. Um, I feel like if you really cared about people, Ben, you would know that every once in a while, completely unpredictably, you turn into a hell god. So like perhaps being a fucking doctor isn't <laughs> the best choice. Not going to balance the... Rhea. Maybe work at the Gap. Also, how does he even know if it happened when he was a newborn male? Like, how has he come to understand? And what was it like for his parents? Okay. (laughs) I can't wait any longer. Later, Gunther, I think. Gunther. Gregor says that Glory had to share her body with a human newborn male. So are you telling me (laughs) that every once in a while... This little Gerber baby in a crib would suddenly transform into a, a bombshell adult woman? woman. And like, was she wearing what? the onesie that the baby was wearing when that transformation happened? What happened? We deserve answers. Well, like, you know, mom's like giving baby Ben a bottle and then all of a sudden she's holding a hell god. Like, what? I just I have a lot of yeah. questions. But we'll get more questions we'll get and answers, as you say. So, okay, so we go um, to outside where everyone is sort of like waiting by the bus stop, which uh, they don't know what they're waiting for. But And why, why they've chosen to wait outside is beyond me. I thought that they were supposed to be like hiding or whatever, but they're all waiting outside. Um, and this is the first of two references that Xander makes to Sergeant Rock. Uh, Jenny, are you familiar with Sergeant Rock? Uh, I know he's like a comic book character who appears to be a sergeant. <laughs> An army sergeant. I looked up a picture of him. He had a helmet 
and a big jaw. Wow. But the, Probably smoke really cigars or something. I don't know. Incredible research. Good job. Mm, um, thank you. I, I mean, educate me. I, well, I, I didn't do a, a huge, hugely deep dive, but um, what I did read, uh, what I found interesting was that what I learned about Sergeant Rock, uh, a, a comic book character from, I think, the 60s and 70s, um, is that he is a comic book hero that seems to have um, no superpowers, really. Apparently, there were two people who wrote uh, Sergeant Rock, and one of them kind of bent that a little bit with like some a little bit of superhumanness but for the most part he seems to be a character that doesn't have any superhuman strengths um has like a fairly big heart uh like really cares like if, if like kids are ever involved or whatever like the, the marker of a heart mm-hmm. of course is if you care about children don't get me started um, so he's more of a caped crusader slash possibly vigilante kind of thing well it's more military based but but, but really the point that i'm getting at is but- it, okay. He's more. He he seems to be a character that Xander would align with, right? Like this dude who's ah. helping, but he doesn't have any special powers because that's what Xander's whole deal is. So, except some like memory of, of military military structure, yeah, sure. <laughs> which yeah, which yeah. is either here or not, and we never know. So uh, to the listener at home, Jenny's Zoom background is currently Angel and Riley standing off. Uh, what's how does that song go? My ex, my my boyfriend and my uh, my boyfriend ex. and my ex, my 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 boyfriend and, and I'm my just ex. smack in the middle. And, and Jenny's a, head is it's r- a Jenny sandwich <laughs> on one slice of butterscotch <laughs> and one slice of of blood bread. Okay, blood bread. Good, great. Anyway, honk honk. The Winnebago pulls up. Questions. <laughs> How is it possible that Spike can A, see enough through one slit cut in the aluminum foil through those goggles to be able to drive? And B, there's just light coming in to the truck. Like, doesn't make sense. I mean, I think that the way they want us to intake the metaphysics here is that um, there's one small slot cut in the foil, and the only light that's going to hit Spike from that slot is directly on his two eyeballs, which are thereby protected by the goggles. <laughs> I mean, okay, I guess. It's just, I mean, I'm here for it because do you want to know something? Is Spike did not have to be the one driving the Winnebago. It fully Buffy could have done it. So, like, I'm here for this bending of light uh, situation because it's not it wasn't a forced choice they simply made it for Spike to get to be like nah 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 nah, which yeah it's so good and he is great and it's hilarious and everyone dude Giles and Xander butting in to be like oh get out are you are you sure Buffy this is this is a terrible idea shut the fuck up shut the fuck up and sit down sit down gentlemen Yes, and Buffy, to her credit, is like, shut the fuck up. This is not a fucking discussion. He stays. And Spike is like, (laughs) for the listener at home, I am putting my thumb on my nose and wiggling my fingers. Um, So this is not one of our Sexual Attention Award nominees, I will tell you. But I would like to self-nominate myself for write-in votes because Spike is like sitting in the seat and he goes, buckle up, kids. Daddy's putting the hammer down. And I would like to write in, nominate myself and Spike, I would say, Kristen plus Daddy putting the hammer down. 
as a write-in vote. It's not one of our official four, but <laughs> I'm there for it. Uh, so continue, continue on. Let's mm. let's make our way to the hospital, shall we? Oh, somebody called for the spike jingle. I can do that for you. Do it. Spike, I love you. Spike, so dreamy. Spike, your trench coat. Thank you for requesting them. So um, we're at the hospital. The Knights of Byzantium are there to get Orlando out. Not Dude. sure. This is a big question. I don't I understand they want to avenge Dude. Orlando. I don't know they need to bring Orlando to the to the war, to the battle, to avenge him. Is there anything more conspicuous than a couple of men with very low pulled ba- uh, baseball caps and like Renaissance era handwriting, like yo, they calligraphic signatures. Dante's handwriting is the most a new sexual attention award nominee for me and something. It's me and fucking Dante's yeah. handwriting. It's so beautiful. It's real good. It's so good. Real good. Uh, Dante uh, is played by an actor named Kareem Prince, uh, who you may or may not know played the Blue Alien Ranger. Uh, on the Power Rangers. I was like doing it because I used to be a, a Power Rangers fan. Uh, I watched the Power Rangers. Oh. But like I did not know how to fan is what I've kind of realized in doing my dig on um, the Blue Alien Ranger because it was like there's like all these universes. There's Alien Rangers and there's this aquatic situation. There's like a whole and I don't remember any of that. I just remember mm-hmm. like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers kicking things. So you know, thank you. Yeah. I just want to thank the listenership for really helping me advance the way that I intake um, media and uh, sci-fi fantasy, etc. Oh, before we leave the hospital, Jenny, I just would like yes. to inquire upon what the plan was here if something did happen. First of all, why would something happen? Why would do they, the nurses don't know about the Knights of Byzantium? Um, and second Pulling of all, the dagger <laughs> out of his sleeve. He's got to kill the nurses. He's going to kill the nurses. Like what is happening, gentlemen? They're like, oh, we're so honorable uh, that we'll kill anybody who gets in the way of our honor. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh. So so they they venture out into the Sunnydale Wood where. Their general is keeping the full cast of 10 separate medieval times locations <laughs> stashed with horses. How are these dudes flying under the fucking radar? It is Sunnydale. How? Do you think that they have access to another dimension? Maybe the horse dimension, the horse and chainmail dimension, the Renaissance fair dimension, you know, just like it just feels like I don't know. But anyway, Orlando is there. And I guess the reason they took Orlando out of uh, the hospital was so that he could tell uh, General Forehead that the key is a shiny, pretty girl. Um, and so then General Forehead is like, advance! And from all corners of Sunnydale, the ca- cavalry uh, rides forth to um, the Battle of Chevron, is what I'm going to call it. The Battle of... <sighs> is that a good gas station? I mean, <laughs> a spoiler, yeah. no gas stations are good. But uh, <laughs> that one sounds nice, uh, the Battle of Chevron. Okay, so um, back to the Winnebago. I would pay good money to not have to watch Xander or anyone be motion sick. No, thanks. He does a ve- Nicholas Brendan is very effective at his conveying motion sickness. You feel yeah, sick watching exactly. him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. It's pretty rough. Um, but it does give us 
the five millionth time that Anya talks about shrimp this time in reference to Xander. <laughs> he doesn't travel well. He's like fine shrimp, which is like hilarious on its own, but then doubles down on its hilarity when Spike has picked up this bit and uses shrimp as a dig on Xander. Literally like yeah. under his breath, he's like shrimp. Uh, it's, it's great. It's I can't good. wait till the two of them <clears throat> talk over a cigarette later. It's probably my favorite scene in the whole episode. Spike's complaining about Giles driving. Xander and Giles are yapping some more about Buffy's decision-making abilities. Fuck you very much. <laughs> yeah, fuck you very much is correct. So Tara's ogling Dawn. Anya's like, yo, here's some fucking snacks. Um, and uh, somewhere in her American journey... She has figured out that spam is what you bring in a Winnebago, which like, oh, yeah, sure. That checks out. Um, and good Fair. thing she brought that pan. It's just, you know, spoiler alert for later. Yeah, no particular reason. Just good thing. Tara opens the blinds and this is, you know, there's a lot happening um, in like the individual episode, but also like in the season arc, we're really picking up on a lot of complicated things happening in Land of Spike. Uh, and this is one of those moments where like Spike is so incredibly loving and gentle toward the situation is so understanding of the situation <laughs> is like sizzling and is like, Oh, skin's already healing. Like, it's okay. I understand. Um, not that like you would expect Spike to like lose his shit, but I feel like they really go out of their way to show us the love and care that he has for Tara and for Willow, um, you know, who is who is the primary caretaker of Tara at this point, um, which is really, really sweet and also confusing. Just going to get more and more confused about Spike uh, for maybe mm -hmm. for some time. Mm -hmm. So um, they close the blinds and Tara's like, it's all dark. It's all dark. And you sort of think. Um, well, she's just talking about the, like the blinds are closed, but then you cut to the hospital and you see that all of the patients there, everyone who has had their brain sucked by glory is saying the same thing, all dark, all dark. Um, and so the, the, you're picking up on this fact that they're uniting in their experience, I guess, because do we know why is it because glory knows who the key is and it's and she's getting closer to the key what's the reason i don't know <laughs> but like elsewhere gronks is like tossing the bones and reading them and is like oh the moment is upon us we just have to squeeze it until it bleeds and then another minion who we may or may not be seeing for the first time is just like like doing that yeah that's his entire know? it's the only time you see him in the whole it episode. feels like was this a longer scene and did they cut it like what was the intention here it feels a little incomplete yeah yeah as a podcast network our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you but we also sell merch and organizing that was made both possible and easy with shopify Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. 
And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. So... We get this scene in the back of the Winnebago in like what would be the bedroom and it's sort of like what Buffy has made her like HQ, you know, she's like back there with her notes just trying to like take a deep breath and figure out what the fuck is happening and why she's run away and you know what that means and Dawn comes back and at first is just trying to make jokes about Anya cooking and you know then oh, she says thanks and Buffy's like for what running away and she's like no, you know, pretty much everything um and and it's michelle trachtenberg i think does an incredible she has a really incredible episode overall but this scene in particular is is really beautiful and um her and buffy have this conversation um you know where buffy is just like i'm not supposed to run away this is not what i'm supposed to be doing and um the line that gets me and i'm sure you and all of us is um when buffy she just looks so defeated and she says it it just keeps coming uh glory riley tara mom and Mm. you know i mean she gives a voice to sort of what we've been talking about over the last handful of episodes but puts it in in her own very clear terms which is like every time she stands up something else happens and it's gutting it's just gutting because you know we've talked about like what is the lifespan of a slayer like how much can any slayer possibly endure um before wanting Mm -hmm. to just give up and that's what we're seeing from her and and sort of the journey that will go on for the balance of the the episode um and then you know then there's also like the humor of the moment sort of where Don's like well at least it can't get any weirder and then a fucking arrow goes through the back of the Winnebago and Buffy just looks at Don like for fucking fuck's sake man <laughs> if we can't give the Knights of Byzantium credit for anything else we can at least credit them for perhaps the show's only understandable or justifiable use 
of crossbows. <laughs> this is an appropriate time to use crossbows. If you are in a legion of soldiers mounted on horseback riding up next to the enemy <laughs> enemy's Winnebago that's a great time to use your crossbow absolutely fuck yes thank you Knights of Byzantium yeah I'm gonna call I, I had this thought earlier um when I was reading through my notes that maybe I'll refer to the Knights of Byzantium as the murder hornets um from now on because I feel like you know like we like in the beginning of the pandemic when we were all like wow pandemic and like this and that and whatever and then like all of a sudden there are these news reports about fucking murder hornets and we were like are you fucking are you fucking kidding me right now murder fucking hornets you know so then that's how i feel like she feels about the knights of byzantium just like not not now we have five other apocalypses <laughs> happening we don't need you anyway um giles is like looking in the rearview mirror trying to fucking use this Winnebago to hit the horses. This is where things start to turn for old Kristen Nolene because Willow doesn't want the horses to get hit. I don't want the horses to get hit. Buffy's like, hit the fucking horses. Aim for the horses. Right before killing a man. The fuck? Anyway, we're not there yet. If they belong to an ancient order bent on killing her sister, the rules are suspended. But like... I guess. And also, like, she is being, she is being violently attacked, but still, like, where, I just feel like the lines are a bit confusingly drawn. Okay, so a sword comes through, many, many arrows are, like, poking through, poking through, poking through. Dawn is told to stand at the fucking table, which she doesn't, so that's a whole thing. Wait, 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 what swordsman is, like, you know what I'll do? I can see judging by like my own understanding of spatial reasoning that even if someone's standing up inside of this the likelihood that i would hit them is low unless they're very tall but i'll just poke holes in the roof of this winnebago dull my sword by punching it through metal really poor strategy and then my sword and then fucking spike just grabs it and that's what this guy deserves he deserves to get his sword grabbed he does deserve for being such a dumbass <laughs> he does deserve to get his sword grabbed um and he looks at buffy and he's like yo this is the moment you should do something heroic um buffy goes to the roof and this is i read something about who who wrote this denight mr denight um steven s denight. steven s denight apparently turned his script into joss and and joss was like you know, if we had like $5 million in 10 years, we, we could not make this happen. And, and Stephen Estenite was like, just give me the Winnebago horse chase scene. <laughs> he was just like, one, he held on to this bit and they had to get rid of like all wow. of the other. I wonder what fell away. Right? What had to be sheared? I, I actually think that those details are out there for us. Uh, and I wish I had written them down in my notes and I did not. But um, perhaps we can let you know at a later time. Um, so Dawn is like bandaging up Spike's hands out from under the table, which is, uh, upsetting. And Anya, thank God she brought her pan and thank God she watched Looney Tunes. This is both Looney Tune, uh, and yeah. She's so good. So So are you gonna, um, do you feel like that's worthy of a a live jingle? Cha-ching! She spent one millennium demonically vengeance in, speaks her mind and then some. You know she's partial to the finer things and down with double boyfriends, oh yeah. Exchanging cash for goods and also services. She'd love to hold the money for ya. She'll hold that cash, just keep the bunnies far from 
Anya. Beautiful, Jenny. You're you're all saved from my attempt at harmonies and uh, joining in because I know we're not in sync. Uh, <laughs> if I knew we were in sync, you better believe I would have been singing. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Oh, also, truly, I think support. one of your best jingles, um, which makes sense because oh, Anya is your well, A number one. I put my heart and soul into it. You're Anya number one. Uh, so yeah, Anya bang, bang, bangs the pan on uh, the knight's head. And then Buffy throws a sword through the chest of a man. Um, We talked about it for a moment. I don't even know what there is to say. The lines are blurry. These guys are definitely human. There are references in this episode to the fact that Spike can't fight them um, because they are human. Yep. And, you know, uh, discuss amongst yourselves, but it is quite shocking that our character, um, I don't know if you remember her, but her name is Faith, killed a man. Um, It was an entire accident. And it was the end of the world. And the council came in and now she's in jail. I mean, I know there was more story to it than that, but still... I wonder anyway. if because the Knights of Byzantium are like an ancient order, it kind of hell bent on one goal. Like if there's any kind of like. Right. I, because they're locked in an eternal struggle with the beast. Totally. And, <laughs> and I see some of you saying like he was an innocent, right, Alan? Like he didn't do anything. He wasn't doing anything to harm anyone, which uh, debatable. He was working for the fucking debatable. mayor. Uh, <laughs> Aiding, abetting, yeah, trying to I mean, inform on. We think Alan did not deserve to die. Um, and I'm, I don't have. I just feel like if you're gonna draw a very thick line and black marker, you just got to make a really, you know, at least make reference to the fact that you're crossing that line. Anyway. Then Giles gets a spike into his stomach, which is like you kind of think that it's over. No. And then this this one horse comes up from the front and the spike goes through the windshield into Giles. And it's like it's a spear. It's a spear. I'm so sorry. I'm so- well, you were just calling it a spike, which I feel like could get confused. <laughs> That's true. OK. That was a whole a other spear. sexual tension award. A spear. Um, he woo, he gets a spear in the in the side. Buffy falls off the fucking roof. And the Winnebago crashes and flips. Mm-hmm. And then later, somebody starts making indeed. meth in that Winnebago, you know? And there's a whole show about no, that. No, 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 no. That's a whole other Winnebago. <laughs> Stay on task, Kristen. <laughs> Sorry. So we get to the Battle of Chevron, as I was saying. And true to form, like, we know that vampires, um, they fire is bad for them. Yet we've seen many a vampire, uh, from Angel to Dracula, just covering their their uh, mansions in mm. open flames. The other thing that's really bad to have fire near is a fucking gas station. And yet, the fire. They, they weren't even using fire arrows on the Winnebago, but now they're like, we're at a gas station, so fire arrow it up. Yeah, let's blow it up. Hey, they probably want to blow you it think? up. Do you they're think? They're probably that hoping they... to hit some residual... Residual uh-huh. gasoline. Spike is almost on fire. He's doing his best little match girl. That's vamp. what she's called. Little match vamp. Little match. Yep. Uh, and um, Giles is not okay. Giles is really not okay. This is maybe the worst we've seen Giles. It uh, Maybe it could hold a candle to the Drusilla torture. 
uh the angel torture oh, yeah. right or the angel t- yeah the angel torture yeah mm-hmm. but, but but it's pretty rough because of it's like there's a lot of scenes of him like his hands are shaking and it just it just feels it feels more dangerous and it all that also might be because we know we've lost Joyce at this point and so like perhaps when we were watching Giles struggle um in episodes past seasons past um it didn't feel so real that he could go and and I think that this is true for Buffy too and we'll get to this fucking scene in a little bit but I think it just feels extra scary because now we know that like nothing is guaranteed um and could you possibly imagine if we lost Giles Mm-mm. don't even no don't even get out of here with that shit no <sighs> so Willow's like flip 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 through her book she finds a spell she puts up a wall there's another guess who could afford another vending machine everyone it's not the cold drinks. <laughs> it's coffee. <laughs> um, so the general who is inside the building yes. with them when Willow puts the wall up immediately recognizes Dawn as the key, which makes me wonder further if there's anything, you know, magical about the Knights of Byzantium. Like, why can he recognize her specifically? They just know that that the key is human at this point is it are you talking about sees dawn and is like the key you're talking about gregor yeah yeah but but he he's been told that it's like a shiny little girl he knows who buffy is right so who else would i mean i guess what you think willow's not a shiny little girl you think anya and tara aren't shiny little girls they're slightly less little than than dawn age wise but they might be around all the same height i do not think that the knights of byzantium have any magic in them um i don't i think that it was just oh good question does tara out her in front of gregor great oh maybe perhaps Okay. Anyhow, regardless, don't worry. They've got some clerics. They they put some clerics right on that wall, and they allege that a witch's magic pales to the might of their god, and the infidel's wall shall tumble before them. Spoiler alert: It does not. Does not tumble. Christian god versus witchery. Witchery one, Christian God zero in this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I also love later when Dante, <laughs> well, we'll get to uh, him killing Orlando in a moment, but like right after that, he like turns around to the clerics and he's like, I need the wall down now. And they both just turn around. And they're like, dude, we're like, we fucking told you this. We're clericking as we're hard literally as we can, doing, man. <laughs> we're doing the best we can, man. <laughs> um, okay. So general forehead Gregor, um, right, is is talking to Buffy now to give us some more of the backstory. And and but before we get to the backstory, we get this sort of like argument with religious zealot. Uh, right. It's like kind of a cookie cutter for that argument. Like if you say X, then how can you also say Y? If you say like, you know, if you're saying like life matters, then why are you like fucking not giving a shit if if kids who are coming across the border are are dying? Right. Like where the fuck is your reason? Uh, I have very Catholic extended family members, so I have a lot of different examples of the way that this hypocrisy might play out. Mm-hmm. But this mm-hmm. is kind of, I mean, it's its a little its a little different than that coming from Buffy, but she's sort of like, you're saying that you're doing this in service of a god. Like, what kind of god would have you kill an innocent girl? Um, the logic doesn't add up. And, you know, Gregor's like, LOL, you have not done your study on religious zealots. Logic need not apply to this. Um, and for them, it is very clear-cut. This thing will create total darkness, so no matter what form it is in, it goes. Um, so there's no reason there. There's no reasoning there. 
Oh, yes. I love this comment. Uh, Gregor is all Abraham and Isaac. Uh, uh-huh. 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 So anyhow, um, they have this conversation. Buffy very immediately clocks that she's not going to be able to make any kind of argument with Gregor. Uh, and then Tara is having a, a breakdown in the front room and she's saying time 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 um we cut to the hospital again we see that she is in line with the other um patients there and they're all like busting out of their restraints to sort of walk mm-hmm. toward mm-hmm. this darkness this moment this uh, it's again it's a little bit unclear unclear but, yeah but they're all united great isn't it lovely to do a, a live show when you can be in leggings sorry jenny i know you're in jeans um just chilling <sighs> Joke's on you. I took my pants off an hour ago. <laughs> um, okay, so <clears throat> outside the gas station, this is where I'm also confused about this. I don't know why they brought Orlando to the battle. And I don't really understand why Dante kills. Do you understand why he kills Orlando? Like he he doesn't. Does he not think they're going to win? And so it's like a mercy killing because he just wants it to ha- He says the beast may have gotten your mind, but she will never know the taste of your heart. So does he think they're losing? Like, I don't understand. It's weird, right? And also, like, if this was the plan, I don't know. Like, why now? Yeah. I, right? I don't have any answers for you, Kristen. Okay, I just wanted to make sure because sometimes I, like, don't get things and, and other people do. But yeah, it's it's structured like a, like a mercy killing, but it's unclear why this mercy would be being given now it would have made a little bit more sense if it was like fucking glory rolls up into the inside of the gas station and then dante um mercy kills orlando that would make a little bit more sense to me but um also just like sidebar questions i mean like think about tonight as you're going to bed what happens if the knights do destroy the key do they retire are they done like do they get to go on vacation are they gonna like put their little horsies in the stable and get some like you know mojitos or whatever yeah like what happens then um okay so oh god okay yeah buckle up fucking buckle up (laughs) buckle up (laughs) giles is so proud of buffy and unrelatedly there's something in my eye Uh and can you stand it you're everything a watcher pause parenthetical father unspoken everything i could have hoped for (laughs) how fucking dare he actually everything i could have hoped for jenny if you don't play giles his motherfucking jingle i quit hot dad when you were younger you were real bad now you're older you've got glasses that help you watch over us thank you Giles. this is beautiful and it like ties into what we were talking about before where like i mean you know we know how buffy feels about the prospect of losing giles in any way shape or form we've seen it before but this has a weight that is um unparalleled in any other scene between them because of the loss that she has just suffered the loss that he has just suffered and the fact that they've moved through it together 
Um, and also the fact that they're like fighting this thing that might not be able to be beaten um, together when they've only before been in battle with things that they could, you know, either simply or not, but that they could in the end defeat. And it is just heart wrenching. Um, and Buffy says to Willow, open a door because she's not going to fucking let anybody die at all. No more deaths. Um, and so Willow busts open a door. There's another Sergeant Rock reference. They go and talk about the fact mm-hmm. that war has rules, which is which is a very interesting thing to me. I don't have anything like brainy to say about it. Uh, I'm not I'm not very studied in the ways of war, but it is a very interesting concept. I'm sure that like somebody not me could talk more about well, it. Well, we want to while we're killing shit tons of each other, we right? just want to keep it rules. civilized. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's just it's is that like a way to make ourselves the grand ourselves like feel better about the atrocities that we're doing like if there's order to it then it can't be that bad um obviously this is not our area of study but it is it is interesting to me so willow willow's like i'm at a payphone i think willow's magic can turn on a phone phone. can turn on electric just (laughs) paging dr ben paging dr ben what makes a payphone run is there is it like is there like a plug in the sidewalk that it plugged like is there power is there power in a payphone? well there's two there's two things there's light right that like turns on indicating the photo booth is now powered but i think that's just uh <laughs> maybe there's an electrical component we should definitely spend a lot of time we on should this. spend a ton of time For talking sure. about how a payphone but so operates. she but she makes two things happen a phone line a working phone line mm-hmm and electricity yeah yeah it's pretty awesome uh and spikes into it this is where he calls her a swiss army knife and he's like (laughs) since you're so good at like fixing shit there's this like door to my crypt it's kind of squeaky which is hilarious to me and like imagining spike just so annoyed by this fucking crypt door that's like (laughs) as like other demons come in and out of it um people are making great points when your power goes out your landline still works works. if you so it doesn't need have a wired handset or a charge in your wireless yeah okay so fucking buffy calls ben from the payphone and i just what we don't hear is what she says to ben but i would fucking love to hear it like hey ben um we're in a war um at a gas station we need some gauze like can you (laughs) can you bring your doctor bag to the abandoned chevron uh 40 miles east of sunnydale yeah. Look for the overturned Winnebago and you're almost there. And he finds it. He rolls up in his little Ben car, his Ben mobile, um, and <laughs> immediately starts drapey sweater, patching up Giles and flirting with Buffy to Spike's chagrin. Is that a word that makes uh-huh. sense there? Uh-huh. Um, and they have this very nice moment where he's like, if it gets too weird, tell me. And he's like, you know what? I'm not leaving until I've worn out my welcome. Um, a dude saying he will not leave. A, a thing that Buffy loves to see in season five (laughs) (laughs) um oh my god are you ready for the erotic novel of season fucking five everyone wait 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 wait. don't forget about ben creepily staring at dawn wondering (laughs) if he can do it oh it's so intense okay now please proceed with your erotic novel. Okay, so it's a real short erotic novel. I'll set the scene, although I know it's already been set for you. 
Spike is like, oh, no, I can't light my cigarette. Oh, no, my hands hurt so much. And Xander comes out. He lights his cigarette for him. This is the number one, the most popular thing that happens before two people have sex is one of them lights the other one's cigarette. his cigarette for him. And he says, have I told you how much I don't like you? Are you ready for the erotic novel? It's a one-liner, folks. The erotic novel is, you might have let it slip in once or twice. What? (laughs) Why wouldn't you just say you might have let it slip once or twice? Why would you say slip in unless you meant the thing that you mean maybe i died i like fully paused like two days ago when i was watching it i like paused it i took a photo of the television i sent it to jenny and i was like oh my god oh you might have let it slip in once or twice these two are gonna if if they're going down they're gonna do it before they go down you know what i mean i suppose so i'm gonna cool down over here if you have anything else to say about this scene I just, I just, they they have this like exchange about like, oh, Spike's like, we should make a break for it. And Xander's like, oh, what are you going to do? Throw migraines at everybody? You can't fight anyone. And then Buffy's like, we're all going to make it. She has I'm a- <laughs> not losing anyone. Suddenly she has an eye patch and a big scar and she's like spitting and smoking a cigar. She has very um, you know? season three prom energy. It's like the same energy. Oh, like true. when she's like, you're, you're going to have, have a, prom. a prom. Yeah. Like everybody's getting <laughs> out of here alive. Um, the general is like, mah, 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 dissension in the ranks. Like, shut up, dude. This dude should know that he's beat already, but he has some exposition to take care of. Um, um, so we we get confirmation about a few things. Glory is from Hell Dimension with two other gods, a triumvirate of suffering and despair. And also it's kind of fucked up what happened to Glory because Glory, by this telling, Glory didn't do anything wrong. She just got more powerful. And the other two gods... Uh- wasn't Gregor saying that Glory got both stronger and like more evil such to the point that her co-hell gods were like, okay, we're evil, but we're like not like that evil. Yes, that's true. This is, this is out of control. Yeah, but we, we, I, that's a little, it's a little wiggly I don't know if I trust me. their standards. Ah. But, um, but yeah, so they, they somehow, they, there's two of them and one of her. So even though she's super powerful, they managed to kick her out. And um, then she gets this newborn baby body uh, that she's in. And we learn that if you kill the man, the god dies. There's probably a lot in there. If you kill the <laughs> shiny girl, the key ceases to exist. There's a lot of people. A that lot of innocence. Yeah. A lot of it's innocent v. innocent. Stay tuned for 21 and 22 of season five. Also, the key's power is absolute. It's almost as old as the beast itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Glory gets the key, the Just- universe will tumble into chaos, all dark forever. That's what you c- were created for, Don. Do you think that the what every teen girl hopes to hear? Do you think that the never-ending story is what happens right after the key is activated? Like they finally did it, totally, and then it's like never-ending yep. story. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so yeah. Uh, also, why couldn't they make a better key? Like, 
just need just make a, a simple key. You didn't need to make the skeleton key of all dimensions. Like it's just very dramatic, you know. Make a key to your own house, you know, your own dimension. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just and I just. But we've seen so much dimension travel in this show that I just find it hard to believe there's no other way for Glory to get back. She should talk to Angel. He's been to like eight dimensions. Oh yeah, yeah. He could give her directions. Right. Um. <laughs> I'm hoping that I'm hoping that this new nickname makes it into Don's like senior yearbook, like Don Summers, uh, destroyer of the universe, <laughs> and then like a Maroon Five quote, you know, and then her little paragraph. Most likely to destroy the universe is her superlative. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, oh, here's a big thing that I want to touch upon. Uh, you know, after this, Dawn is upset, as you mentioned, Jenny, and she um, is like, I am evil. And Buffy says, it's not you. And she says, but it is in me. Um, and we've talked a little bit about this in this series, in the in this season, really, of this like parallel between Dawn and Buffy um, and that they are sisters and they are very different in like who they are and what they do, but that they do have this overlap of feeling like they are at once the person they know themselves to be, but that they contain this element of darkness um that they that they have difficulty separating from um their identity and 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 i think like one of the bigger Mm. questions of the whole universe of buffy is do we separate that or is it part of the whole um buffy in this instance is saying we separate it but i think i think that like that's the struggle that's the big question she promises that she won't let anything happen to dawn um there's this really small moment but i just want to call out uh this anya moment because tara and willow are together and willow is um trying to feed tara and tara's not having it um and anya because this big deal for anya right anya like we've been i know we've been watching anya like learn um compassion and empathy and you know um how to sort of relate to people in a way that she's never done before and and this little moment is such a product of what we've seen her learning she comes over and she's like i can help um i can help you if you need help um and it's just yeah that noise you made jenny that's what it is yeah Um, it's messed up the general is trying to encourage Ben to kill Don. Which He's like, like, hey. Decent move. Hey, guy. Yeah, hey, you. You're not a part of this. <laughs> Everyone's going to die, but you can prevent that if you just kill this one person mm-hmm. that would be cool. Mm-hmm. And Ben does this whole like weird syringe fake out and he's all like bad things happen to good people Don there's no reason for it I'm just filling up the syringe and telling you this at the same time and looming behind you with the needle and then oh no I just put it in Giles it's okay uh, right it's a little a little happens. audience play but for the most part we maybe maybe we didn't know that Ben wasn't going to do it but Ben very much identifies with Don because he has a very similar existence to Don right he didn't do anything wrong he was just born and it so happened that he was born for a hell god to occupy his body um she was you know air quotes born um to possess the mystical qualities of a key that brings complete destruction to the all of the universes and then wow Don is like, it's all my fault. He's like, sometimes terrible things happen to good people. And then he's like, oh, no. <laughs> he feels the curls a bouncing in his skull. 
about to pop through. And uh, what happens, Jenny? He's like, Ben is glory. Glory is Ben. Ben is glory and glory is Ben. In case you forget, I'll say it again. Ben is glory and glory is Ben. Wow. The audience, they cheer. Uh, this is what I would like to call glory as lesbian in 1998 look. Like, this is fully what I wore as a not yet out to myself queer in 98. Like, you know, getting my pants from like Abercrombie, like some baggy stuff, some sweaters from Salvation Army, trying to patch it together. She looks good. I'm really fucking I I know everybody loves Glory in a red dress. You know what Kristen likes? It's Glory in some of these dudes clothes. That's that's uh-huh. what I'm into. Yeah. Look like Rayanne Graff up at this piece. And a tr- oh, my God, Jenny, knock it out of the park. That's exactly no. what this is. This is very, very Rayanne Graff. Um, I have my own private sexual tension award corner for this episode. (laughs) Yeah, you really do, huh? I really do. Um, Okay, so... Dude, yes. then my favorite thing in the episode happens. This is my favorite moment. Which one? Glory's like, hey, it's Gregor, (laughs) and then just kills him with a hubcap. I don't know why it's so satisfying. It's really funny. It is really funny. The delivery, the timing, the, you know... Call back to the symbol in the bronze. In, Thank you. Uh, yeah, harvest. You know, right? Wasn't there also a symbol in witch? Was it? Wasn't that the beheading by a something? Does, somebody gets beheaded in witch. I think. I feel like it's a lyric in your song. Beheaded? Maybe you're thinking of uh, periodic table of pet. the elements. Yeah, there's uh huh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yes, it is akin to the symbol beheading. Um, <laughs> And um, then she punches off. Okay, so she gets Dawn, right? And if you wanna, if you wanna take the Ray Ann Graff version of fucking Glory and make her any hotter, just have her take her fist and punch a hole through the fucking magic barrier that the two clerics are like still working on. Glory's like, poof, poof, and just like punches a hole, walks through it with Dawn, and leaves. It's good. It's very good. Uh, and then Willow's black eyes, uh, return, um, takes down, she takes down the barrier because of course they need to go find Dawn. And this is brutal. It's really brutal. And like, we were like alluding to moments like this one, I think a couple episodes ago when we were like, we're really sliding down a hill in season five. Here we go down the hill. Um, yeah, and yeah. you know, all Buffy just crumples to the ground. Yeah, oh, well, she sees right every single night is dead. They've all died in like the wake yeah. of Glory. Like we don't even right. Like she, it's just literally like her. She's just killed them all by like breathing on them or something. Um, and the the death and destruction is so overpowering and. You know, not that Buffy has been holding the grieving at bay per se, but I think by nature of who she is and also where she is in um, this this overarching battle of the series, it's too many things and she can't, she just can't. And this is like, I don't know, you know, the end of season one, um, 
right the the song that that you wrote jenny that lyric is like one that is so resonant in our community right you just keep fighting you get up and you just keep fighting and and that is such a cornerstone of this show and i think that it's why this moment is is just devastating because you Mm -hmm. can see that she can't get up and she can't keep fighting. She's not okay. It's too many things for her. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's it's really sad and, and resonant and woof. Have anything to add to my woof? Yeah, this just sucks. This is, this is hard to see. Um, but speaking of hard, <laughs> it's... <laughs> Time for <laughs> this episode's sexual tension awards. <laughs> Come on! Yeah! Just a little levity, if you know what I mean, <laughs> to add to the situation. Hell yeah! So. Wow, here we are at the Sexual Tension Award nominees for this episode. There are four sets. You can vote for them. Here we go. (laughs) In possibility number one, she's the minion you just met, and he's the good doctor you know and love. It's Grox and Ben. in the second possible zone (laughs) it's that same paging dr ben please attend to buffy's emotional wounds it's ben and buffy in the third slot so curious about how you're gonna order these two because i know who's winning yeah Yeah, in the third slot, the presumed winners, always letting it slip in, it's Xander and Spike. Come on, just give us this one. Vote three. Let us have this one thing. Vote three. Three. Vote three. Okay, and then in the fourth position for possible consideration, it's Charlie Weber (laughs) and the extreme face acting featured so heavily in this episode. He's really giving it everything he has and then 20% more. Uh, So those are our nominees. They are. Please consider them carefully and then vote for three. Vote for three. Somebody in the chat. Thank you. Everybody in the chat is is screaming three, 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 three. It's unanimous. (laughs) (laughs) Justice for Spander. Spander. That's exactly what I was going to say. Somebody in the chat said Spander. We are here for Spander. Lighting each other's cigarettes, letting it slip in. Give it to the boys this time. You can follow us at BufferingCast on Twitter. Give it to each other. And cast your vote. Let's hear it for the boys. Precisely. Well, Jenny, this was our first ever Zoom taping. How did it feel? How was it for you? Didn't it go so great? Didn't you have so much fun? (laughs) 
Once we got it off the ground, you know, once we got it running. What? That was just bonus extra hangout time. It's true. And then it's plus true. episode. I see you I person in, in the Bronx. I'm in Brooklyn. We got any? Do we have all five boroughs here? Do we have all five boroughs? We got Brooklyn in the Bronx. We got Queens, Manhattan. All we need is Staten Island. One. Is there one person from Staten Island? <laughs> Come on. Yes! Is here. Yeah! <laughs> nice! Beautiful! Um, well, this has been grand. Uh, Jenny, would you like to tell uh, the listeners at home who you are since they've not been able to gaze upon your beautiful porcelain face? <laughs> Fuck. Let me explain something to you people. <laughs> I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. <sighs> and when I'm not watching Buffy and making this podcast and writing the songs for this podcast and helping... With the podcast. (laughs) Uh, I'm usually writing and recording songs. Uh, You can learn more about those songs and my musical life over at JennyOwenYoungs.com. You can hear me talk about another petite blonde protagonist over on my other podcast, Veronica Mars Investigations. And you can always give me a shout at Jenny Owen Youngs. What you think about that? Now you know how I feel. Ooh, say you can handle my love. Is it for real? Are Is it for real? real? Are you for real? <laughs> Are you for real? Just say, Sam, um, okay. give you a try. Get your act together and we'll say, huh, huh, huh. Tell you what I Yo, want. What I, um, have you watched Spice World lately? I know we're in the outro here and you have business to get to, but <laughs> have you watched Spice World lately? I have not watched it lately. It's like post film it's like avant-garde it's really 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 something and it's currently like not available anywhere i think maybe like the licensing lapsed you can't stream it you can't even buy it on itunes (laughs) um but it is like worth the venture into torrent or maybe it'll come back into itunes soon it is so wild okay noted i'm not opposed to rewatching spice world uh, and I, by the way, am Kristen Russo. Uh, you can <laughs> you can find out more about me on my website, which is Kristen Nolene. That is K R I S T I N N O E L I N E. I've almost forgotten how to spell it at this point. Um, dot com. You can also use that spelling to follow me on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, and we are who are we, Jenny? We're buffering the vampire slayer, of course. And I was genuinely stumped for a moment. Who are we? Um, I was like, we just did this. You said you and I said me. (laughs) Buffering the vampire slayer is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast. You can drop us an email at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at area code 216-30-B-U-F-F-Y. Wow. Um, I'm hoping that here's what I'd like to do. Here's what I would like to say. Um, If you are watching from home and you happen to have your phone, it's not playing the Zoom and you can grab a little voice memo for us. Why don't you just get get your little voice memos out? Get them out. (gasps) You can howl out from home and maybe send us your voice memo. Every little howl out. Record yourself a wooey with us. Yeah, so take a minute. Take a minute. Everybody get set up. How's Frank doing with his um, a woo training? How's it going? He actually has started to, yeah. I don't know if it's actually something that I want to encourage at this point because it gets re- it gets out of hand Fair. pretty quickly and Se- turns into something else. Series finale, season seven. 
<laughs> something to train for, you know? Right, right sure. Okay, everyone, um, please hit record on your, uh, on your uh, wooing uh, recording devices. And uh, Jenny, take us out. Okay. Till frickin' next time. Yeah. Wow. Well, we did it. around getting out of town i can't let you down hey, hey, hey. i don't really know can't go toe to toe so we gotta go hey, hey. i did my best but it just keeps coming keeps coming keeps coming i did my best but now i'm running from hell is ringing my doorbell hey, hey, hey. it's so full of fear and the nights are near but no one's dying here hey, hey. i did my best but it just keeps coming keeps coming keeps coming i did my best but now it's falling This is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.